Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Today we have a great revenge story selling off an ex's stuff. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, I hose down everyone at my ex's wedding. My revenge story is so funny that I could write a movie script out of it. It'd probably be a rom-com or a tragic romantic comedy. I really don't know how these things are classified, but the point is, it would make a really funny movie. Of course, at the time it happened, it wasn't funny at all. I was depressed, frustrated, angry, and I nearly lost my darn mind. Let me tell you about it. It was a Sunday morning in August. I woke up pretty early, had my bath, and called the lady who was to do my hair and makeup. I'd gotten my nails done the day before. They were short and pretty, just as my ex-boyfriend liked them. Yes, I was attending my ex's wedding that afternoon, and I was going to make sure that I looked ravishing. The makeup lady came over that morning. She did my hair and makeup while commenting on how mature and sweet I was to agree to attend my ex's wedding. I just could never, she'd say at intervals. Usually I don't like to talk about myself, especially to people I have no personal relationship with, and wouldn't have said anything, but I had to tell her whose wedding I was going for. I needed her to understand just how good I needed to look that day. When she was done, she smiled and said, I don't think anyone, not even the bride, will look this good. I just don't see how. I smiled back and paid her balance. By the time I was ready, it was afternoon and close to the time slated for the wedding. I didn't have an invite, but knowing my ex and his bride, I knew it wasn't going to be a wedding that was beefed up with security. I just had to look good and walk in like I was one of the invitees. Besides, no one would suspect that someone who took so much time to look that good would do the couple any harm. Their wedding took place by a lake. It was a nice, serene environment. I knew my ex's bride came up with it because he couldn't have possibly have come up with an idea of something that beautiful. Although he probably could have, my ex suddenly had all the nice ideas after I broke up with him, or he could have stolen the idea from me. He stole my proposal idea anyway. At the wedding, I saw his dad and stepmom and some others that I didn't recognize. They were all middle-aged people, so I assumed the bride, groom, and their friends were still getting dressed. Not too far behind the wedding venue, an old man was using a large, long water hose to water the beautiful flowers and I knew just what I had to do when I saw him. I planned to disrupt his wedding and create a scene, but I decided that the water hose was going to be a major tool in my revenge plan. You look gorgeous, his stepmother called out to me. I plastered the best fake, genuine smile I could muster, walked up to her and blew her a kiss. Doesn't she look beautiful, darling, she asked, turning to my ex's dad. Oh yes, she does. I could tell that he was struggling to recognize me beneath all the makeup. When he finally did, he smiled at me, evidently surprised to see me. I'm so glad you came, he said. I knew he was indeed glad I came. My ex's dad liked me very much. I sometimes wondered then if he had a crush on me. I knew he liked me, but I never thought he saw me as someone who would make a fitting wife for his son. 
His son did tell me anyway that his dad thought I was crazy. I smiled to myself, thinking of just how crazy I was going to be. Did you come with anyone? His stepmom asked me. She was trying to know if I was in a new relationship, and she was asking in the most polite way she could. My boyfriend couldn't make it, although the couple did ask me to bring a plus one. I'm glad you two are getting along and back to being friends, she said, and they both moved on to talk to other people. When I saw the priest, I got even more annoyed. That was Padre, the man I thought I would marry my ex and me. I was close to tears, but I smiled harder. It was a technique my friend from elementary school taught me. Whenever one was close to tears, a hard smile would likely prevent them from crying. The groom walked in, and everyone looked so proud of him. What a jerk, I thought to myself. When he got to the wedding arch and turned to face the guests, our eyes met and I could have sworn that I saw him mutter, crap. I flashed him a big reassuring smile as if to say, don't worry, I'm just here to have fun. Somehow that allayed the fear I saw in his eyes and he looked away. A few minutes later, the bride walked in. It was a glorious sight. I even saw some people wipe a tear or two. If they weren't evil people, I'd have been touched too. But I went on a mission and that was my focus. As the bride's dad handed her over to the priest, the priest said something funny and everyone laughed. At that same moment, the ring bearer, a little boy, saw his mom and ran to her. Everyone laughed again and in that moment, while everyone was distracted, I sneaked out of the venue and went over to the old man with the hose. By that time, he was done watering the flowers and was sitting under a small tree, watching the wedding scene from afar. Hello, I greeted him with a big smile. I knew I looked good and with how good I looked, I could get him to do whatever I wanted. Beautiful wedding, huh? He smiled, revealing a surprisingly good dentition. I smiled back and asked if I could use the hose. He looked confused, so I lied that I needed it to rinse off mud from my shoes. He chuckled softly, Oh, you can't use that, a lot of water comes out of it and it's only making a mess. As he spoke, I eyed the huge long water hose behind him. It was connected to a huge water tank that was even farther away. This is something that can be fixed at the bathroom sink, he was saying. Where's the bathroom, I asked and smiled again, feigning embarrassment. He stood to point out where the bathroom was to me, but before he could finish his description, I grabbed the hose and ran. My ex, who was saying his vows, saw me coming with the hose. The feeble old man was trying but failing woefully at catching up with me. He let out a gasp and everyone turned to see what the cause of the groom's exclamation was. Before everyone could properly make out what was before them, I removed the hose's seal and sprayed everyone with water from the hose. I went from the couple to the priest to the guests who started to move away to avoid getting soaked. The groom's man, my ex-best friend, came after me and tried to get the hose from me but I sprayed him in the crotch area. It was a funny scene because while some people like the bride, whose makeup and hair had been ruined, were angry, some others found the whole thing hilarious and burst out laughing. I kept running, spraying everyone who got in my way and just splashing water all over the place. And that went on until suddenly, the water stopped getting out. I looked back and understood why. The old man had disconnected the hose from the water truck. As I stopped to figure out why the hose wasn't dispensing water anymore, the guard and security guards caught up with me and held me. I had a big smile plastered on my face as I was carried out of the venue. My smile was genuine, the first genuine one I'd had in a long while. I was glad that I'd interrupted my ex's wedding, caused a commotion, ruined his suit, his bride's dress, 
hair and makeup, and I also made sure that nearly half the guests got water on their clothes. As I was whisked away, I saw the bride's mother break down in tears upon seeing her daughter. Poor woman, I thought. If only she knew that her daughter deserved it. Yes, her daughter deserved what I did to her, but my ex even more. My ex and I were together for six years. A year. Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Storytime is sponsored by BetterHelp. Nearly everyone at some point in their life will struggle with their mental health, whether that's something stressful at work, in a personal relationship, or something else. I know that I really struggled with anxiety in my early 20s, and therapy was a massive help for me. That's why I'm a massive fan of therapy, and today's sponsor, BetterHelp. If there is anything in your life, big or small, that is negatively affecting you, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. It's an online therapy service that, after finishing a small questionnaire, will match you with a licensed therapist, where you can book appointments that match up with your schedule at any place or any time. And if you feel like you're not bonding with your therapist, you can switch at any point for free. Also, therapy isn't just if you're struggling with mental health. If you're looking for guidance or ways to improve your social skills, life, or relationships, it's a great judgment-free way of doing that. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com StorytimePod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash StorytimePod. Of being friends, two years of dating on and off, we kept breaking up at intervals. One year of being together without a breakup or major fight, and two years of living together. I was crazy about my ex, even though I dated two other people. I just always thought he was my soulmate. We were going to get married and have a beautiful small wedding in a beautiful garden with beautiful water scenery. I don't know how he eventually had or almost had that kind of wedding, just not with me. My ex is a college professor, so when after a year of living together, he employed a pretty teaching assistant. I got really insecure. When he worked late, I'd call him and stay on the phone for a while, or I'd go over to his office and pretend to bring him dinner. I felt quite insecure about how close they were and how informal their relationship had become. But because our relationship was the best it's ever been, I decided against telling him about how I felt. One day, however, my emotion got the best of me and I finally admitted how I was feeling to him. He assured me that we were fine and that he didn't see her in that light at all. He then went on to invite her to have dinner with us. That evening, while my boyfriend went into the bedroom to pick something, I confided in her about how I felt and apologized for not being friendlier the previous times we had met. I understand why you may think that, she said, winked and then leaned in conspiratorial. Your boyfriend is a catch, no doubt, but you have absolutely nothing to worry about. I was so stupid. Not only did I believe her, but whenever I made cupcakes or cookies for my ex to take to work, I'd make her some and have him take them to her. 
getting assured by the two of them that nothing was going on put my mind to rest that when my ex started staying back at work till midnight, avoiding me and refusing to hook up, I was worried but I never thought for a minute that she had anything to do with it. I even called her a couple of times to talk about my ex being distant and she'd make an excuse about how we had a lot to handle at work. I was making dinner one day when my boyfriend returned from work and told me he was leaving me. I was devastated. He moved out and less than two months later, I heard he proposed to his teaching assistant. I was so hurt because I tried for a long time to get that man to propose or even make a promise about marriage, but he met someone and in so little time he proposed. He didn't just propose to her, he stole my idea. I once told him about my perfect dream proposal and he did everything for his teaching assistant. I mean, I'm just curious if OP actually got like a charge for that. Like, I'm sure you could probably, although it doesn't actually hurt anybody, probably catch like some kind of assault charge for that if they want to like press charges. I mean, if you had your wedding ruined, even if you were a total sleazeball, you might want to, right? Or do you think they might have owned it? Our next story is witchy online bully gets exposed and trolled. My high school years were within the time when memes began to get popular, but they weren't as cool as they are now. Much like how glasses are okay to wear now and are even considered a fashion statement, and back then, nobody wanted to be caught dead needing to put on glasses. Back then, no one wanted to be the face of a meme, and that was when I found myself a viral meme just to be made fun of. I had to delete all my posts and go private. I didn't even want to come to school, but when I realized who made the meme in the first place, the opportunity to get them back was what I couldn't miss. Check out my story on how I got my revenge. Like I said, this story happened before people actually struggled to be used as memes. These days, if you're the face of a popular meme or skit, you go viral. That seems to be everyone's dreams and goals for now. You'll have influencers trying to do anything to trend. But it wasn't always like that. I used to dread ever taking general pictures. Even worse, for someone to take a picture of me unawares. I remember one time at a family event, my sister was just chilling at the back eating her tacos when she didn't know that some of our cousins were getting their pictures taken. It wasn't even as if anyone was trying to snap her with her mouth full, this was just a coincidence. The pictures came out and my sister was shown with her mouth stuffed with food to the point that it was pouring out. Those pictures could not be posted and the only way they could have was if they put an emoji on top of it because even after blurring her face out. It was still evident that it was her, but putting an emoji spoiled the whole picture, so my sister fought and fought until they all deleted it from their phones. You know how cousins can be. If she left them with it on their phones, there would be this birthday or that time they're beefing and all the pictures would come out. Well now, it wouldn't be as bad then, so you can imagine how careful I was to always appear good when going on outings, especially the school outings we went on. I avoided cameras when I wasn't the main focus, but how could you avoid that in the era of selfies? Everyone had their phones up. You could be taking two selfies at a time and know it, trying to pose for them at two angles and still look good. But things especially got worse when people started to actively look out for when people were doing embarrassing things, such as making a video or taking a picture. It was no longer just something you could avoid. It was now something that was chasing you everywhere you went. And that was my entire problem with it. So my very bad experience started when we went together as a class on an excursion to a zoo nearby. 
Everything was looking good, the weather was fine enough to take pictures, until we got to the part of the zoo where a trained or tamed monkey would climb on your arm or shoulder or take a picture with you. I stood in line for the shot, and when it got to my turn, this agile monkey quickly jumped on my shoulder and startled me. So in the shock, I almost knocked him off of my shoulder, so the monkey took a hold of my head with his two hands. He grabbed my head while facing away from the camera and grabbing my face. This was the time some winning photographer decided to take some shots that would later scar me for life. He was standing at an angle where almost my full face was showing. So I was still very recognizable, but the monkey's back was to the camera and for some weird reason, the pink short thing was slightly pulled down so that it looked like it was coming off in front. If you already have the picture in your head, then you must know what was very horrible about that picture. If not, I'll spell it out for you. From the angle the picture was taken, it looked like I was giving this monkey a mouth thing or at least about to do so. The shock I had on my face caused the picture to look even weirder, you know? My mouth was open but not like I was screaming ah but oh. My eyes were the worst, maybe they looked rolled to the back of my head or like I was about to just shut them. Just imagine any face of terror that could also look like pleasure. Well, yes, that was my picture, and it went V-I-R-A-L. It was when I got home and all the pictures were sent to the group chat that I saw it, and it was already too late. The deed had been done and the pictures were now public. I kid you not when I say that under 5 minutes, 20 memes about that picture came out. It was so horrible I cried myself to sleep that night, and there was nothing I could do in the morning just to face the reality that my face was now the trending thing in the class group chat. If it was just the class group chat then that would be okay. First of all, when the pictures were sent, I tried to get everyone not to post that picture. I expressed my dislike for it, which was maybe the reason why people thought it would be funnier to spread it wide. The meme captions were vile things, very derogatory and offensive. I remember one which said, when you've tried it with men and none of them like you so you go for monkeys. Others were targeted at attacking men, maybe calling them ugly, dirty or small, but still, since it was my picture that was used, I couldn't find that funny. It became the picture boys and girls used to throw insults back and forth at each other, which became the standard for the picture. Maybe if the trend didn't come out that pic would have died down fast, but one boy really had to open an Instagram account for just memes with my face. People got creative, and anyone that seemed good enough would be posted on that account. And the worst thing was that the account was private, so I couldn't tell who was behind it. Then the comment section killed me. I still disdain Mark Zuckerberg for allowing people who don't even know you to tag you in pictures and comment sections. I was always getting these notifications that I had to mute my Instagram. It got so popular that people from other schools and even speaking other languages used my picture for their stupid laughs. Because people tagged me in the comments, I had frequent profile page visits. And what did these people want? Just to come and tell me that they saw my picture and they thought it was funny. I was termed monkey girl, which is derogatory whatever way you want to look at it. I cried myself to sleep and cried all day. That is the reason why up until now I've not removed my Instagram settings from private. I call that cyberbullying because boys back then did not seem to know that they were being total jerks for the things they did back then. I'm sure if you asked them now, they would absolutely hate themselves or cringe or apologize for as long as they live, but back then, that was what we had as boys. 
I had to stay off every social media platform for a while, and it was the holidays. My parents thought I was just going through the normal teenage traumas, not knowing that I was being bullied online. They knew nothing about it until it was time for school to resume, and I didn't want to go. I was always that kid who wanted to leave the house every chance I got. I was the one who would go out and not want to come back, come back home late on a school day and miss my curfew without remorse. All my tantrums and mood swings throughout the holidays, my parents just interpreted it as being sick and tired of being at home, until I showed signs of not wanting to resume. And that was how they knew that something serious was up. My stepmother came into my room, she somehow cajoled me into telling her what happened, and that woman has always been my hero. When I told her, she went to school and told my principal that the page had to go down. The principal had a talk with our class, and the page actually did go down, but because it was not an actual school offense, the main culprit could not be officially punished. But at least I knew who it was now. Coincidentally, something ridiculous happened to him during that school session. So the teacher used his laptop one time to project a class because her laptop was not working properly, and I was the one behind the operation on the laptop. I'm so glad this happened coincidentally because this time, nobody could call me a bad person. Just as we all knew, he was a bad person behind my own problems. So as I opened the laptop and was projecting the class notes, I noticed that the class started screaming and laughing. I thought something was wrong, but I noticed that people were pointing at one of the open tabs, which was an adult entertainment site. In an attempt to close the site, I mistakenly clicked on it, and the title of the video he just watched shocked the entire class. Everyone got their phones out and took pictures. It was something about teacher sleeps with student and something like that. It was even weirder because we all knew that he had an untamed crush on the teacher, but she was always stern with him. That was the absolute worst, but as a comeback, when the videos and pictures people took got to me, I shared it far and wide to get him back. The boy put his head down, entirely embarrassed in the class. People started hailing me as the queen of comebacks, but it wasn't even an intentional revenge. After the class, the boy came to meet me and told me that he could get all my pictures with the monkey deleted all over the web, but I should just please not take his viral. I didn't need to. Others were already on it, but he did manage to reduce the footprint of my monkey girl pictures on the internet, while his got more and more popular. His favorite teacher wouldn't talk to him again in class, not even as much as look in his direction. He was so embarrassed he stopped coming to school. It wasn't just our set that knew because the videos broke the internet. Our principal got to hear of it because it happened on school grounds. But because it was not an intentional offense, still he could not do anything. He ordered people to stop posting the memes, but since it wasn't an organized system, the spread could not be contained. Everyone wanted to hear the story and see the video of what happened and which person it happened to. That was how I got my revenge back on him. Honestly, I think we've all kind of seen a picture or a meme or a video of usually a teacher who accidentally had some kind of search thing going on. But sadly, it is all too believable that some kid hooked up their laptop to the projector and just forgot that they had some of their preferred entertainment open. Our next story is, I told everyone I was selling my dead husband's stuff, but they belonged to my ex. If I'm ever asked to give relationship advice to a group of people, my advice would be to be very wary of people who are still attached to their exes. You know a person is still attached to their ex when they won't stop talking about them, either in a bad or good light. 
They still keep up with them and what's going on in their lives, and most importantly, they are still friends. Look, do not be deceived. Two exes cannot be just friends, and even if they are, it's because they're still in love. Of course, this doesn't apply if the reason for their breakup is because one person found out that they swing the other way. Other than that, they're still in love and may still be sleeping together, as was in my case. I know there are certainly exceptions, but I cannot make a case for that given my experience. My ex and his girlfriend were voted best couple in their high school, and they carried on with their relationship shortly after college. They had different majors, different hobbies, and friends, but still managed to stay together. My ex's major was accounting. He was very good with numbers. His ex, on the other hand, was more interested in the arts and literature, and she studied something along that line while being very active in the school's tennis team. Despite their differences, they stayed together until after college when he proposed. As a side note, even though my ex and his ex had been together for a long while, none of their parents knew about their relationship. The secrecy surrounding their relationship was due to their religious differences. While my ex is Jewish and his parents were very religious, his ex's parents were Muslims who were also very dedicated to their religion. They knew their parents would not approve of them being together, so they hid their relationship from their parents. My ex was willing to fight for their relationship. He was willing to defy his parents and he felt there was a chance he could because his sister had just gotten married to a completely irreligious guy. And while their parents opposed the union at first, they eventually came around. My ex was ready to go against his parents, but his ex wasn't. She was the only child of her parents and she knew it would break their hearts if she didn't marry a Muslim. We knew at that point that we had to let each other go, my ex told me on our second date, and he told that story over and over again as our relationship progressed. Unlike many men who only had negative stuff to say about their exes, my ex only had good stuff to say about his ex. She is an amazing human being, and I hope she meets someone who'd remind her of just how amazing she is. He would say, I noticed how his face lit up whenever he talked about her. He brought her up in many conversations when we first started going out. One would think that that would offend me, but it didn't. I kept thinking to myself as my ex talked about his ex using flowery words that if he could say something nice about a woman he was no longer with, he'd have something even nicer to say about a woman he was with. I've always known that people who badmouth their exes are bad news. So I thought a man who had good things to say about his ex was honest about how their relationship ended even though she did hurt him by being unwilling to fight for their relationship is good. My ex was indeed a good man. Everyone had good things to say about him, but he was just not a good person to me. I moved in with him after 7 months of being together. I mostly did that because my roommate kicked me out. She wanted her boyfriend to move in with her, and I needed a place to stay, so I asked if I could move in with him, and he agreed. We were doing just fine living together. It was clear to anyone who had eyes that I loved him more than he loved me, but that was fine. I was okay with that, as long as he loved me too. After two years, I got pregnant. At first, I panicked, but my ex said it was okay and that he wanted me to have his baby. That excited me and I hoped it'd make him decide to marry me because I'd been hoping he'd propose. Sadly, I miscarried in the third month. My miscarriage did not just affect me because I felt very disappointed, it also affected my relationship with my ex. He was super attentive and showed me so much affection when I found out I was pregnant. But as soon as I miscarried, he went back to just being aloof. 
He wasn't mean to me, but he wasn't excited about me either. As time passed though, he came around and became friendlier and our relationship was just there. Nothing to be excited about, but nothing to be worried about too. All this while, my ex would randomly give me updates on what was going on in his ex's life. How she had just had her second baby with her husband. Her parents decided to adopt another child and her recent promotion. He said they weren't friends, but they regularly checked up on each other. This didn't sit well with me, but I was so obsessed with being in a relationship that I didn't want to do anything to upset him and ruin it. In hindsight, a lot of things were wrong with our relationship, but I barely noticed. My ex was still in love with his ex and he didn't love me. He liked having me around, but he wasn't excited about me. He never was. I realized this when one afternoon, I snooped and found an exchange of emails between him and his ex on his laptop while he was at work. They had been heavily flirting with each other. She was considering divorcing her husband for some reasons, and he sent her a huge amount of money for a tummy tuck. They also were talking about going away together for eight days, and she asked what she was going to tell me. I tried to convince myself that day that my mind was making stuff up. There was no way my boyfriend would send his ex that much money. Not when I needed money for my business, which was almost crumbling. I thought there was no way he was cheating on me. Not when I'd just suffered a miscarriage and was completely distraught. That evening when he returned, I hoped that he would not tell me that he had to travel. But before I could open my mouth, he said his office was sending him on a business trip and he had to leave first thing the next morning. I was so shocked and couldn't even conceal it. My mouth hung open for a while, but my ex didn't notice that at all. He ran upstairs to pack, visibly excited about his work trip. All through that night, I was upset, but my ex either didn't notice or didn't care. He went about packing and humming loudly. I guess he looked forward to seeing her. The next morning, I pretended to be asleep while he packed his stuff and left for the airport. When I woke up, I saw that he'd left me a note telling me that he'd left for his trip and that he didn't wake me up because he didn't want to disturb my sleep. This is the height of it. That man is still in love with her. You have to leave him, my friend advised me when I called her later in the morning. She was right. I was going to leave him, but not without hurting him first. I just had to get my pound of flesh. I called him on the evening of the day he went on his work trip and told him I knew he'd been cheating on me with his ex. We will talk about this when I return he said coldly. His voice was so cold, so devoid of any emotion. If I had any doubt before he said that, that he was done with me, I was sure at that moment. I hung up and he didn't call back. Do you think they both plan to leave their partners and run away together? My friend asked me when I told her what his response was. I don't know, I replied vaguely and then asked if I could move in with her for a while. You can stay a month, she said. I thanked her and we ended the call. Just as the call ended, I decided to put my rage to good use. I called my brother to ask about a website I'd heard him mention in a conversation with my parents. It was a website where people sold used stuff, from designer items to personal items, furniture and all sorts. I went on the site and logged in. I then went into our bedroom and took pictures of all my ex's items, from clothes to work, sports and designer sneakers. I took pictures of artwork, furniture and other stuff and posted them on the website. I made sure the prices were affordable but also realistic so no one would think I was trying to scam them. My brother had told us that to make fast sales on the website, one had to pay to advertise their wares. You don't have to pay if you don't want to, you make sales either way. 
But if you want to make fast sales, then it's best to pay so it becomes a sponsored advertisement. I took my brother's advice and paid for the sponsored advertisement. When people came on the page to ask about the stuff I was selling, I lied to them. My husband died, I said to them, so I've decided to let go of his stuff. The next day, I had three different buyers. A young man who needed my ex's clothes because he'd just gotten a job and needed clothes and shoes, but couldn't afford to buy new ones yet. A man who wanted to buy the artworks so he could resell, and someone who was looking to elevate her apartment with the furniture. When they left, my ex's closet was nearly empty. The walls were bare and the good furniture was gone. My bank account, however, was fat, and I had enough money to help keep my business afloat. When I saw how good that made me feel, I put up the electrical appliances in his house for sale too, and I got a few buyers. My sales went on for four days, and on these days, my ex never even bothered to call. The message was clear, he was leaving me, or he just underestimated me and had decided that I was never going to leave him. On the fifth day, he had flowers delivered to the house for me. I just burst out laughing when I got the flowers, because I knew it was something his ex suggested. My ex never got me flowers, except when I asked him to or complained about how he never does it. On the sixth day, when I was packing stuff and getting ready to move to my friend's home, he called and asked how I was doing. I wanted to give you time and space to think and that's why I didn't call until now, he said. That's fine, I replied, looking around the house and wondering what his reaction would be when he returned to an empty house. That's fine? I said yes. Bye. I hung up on him. I guess that confused him because he kept calling me, but I didn't take his calls. I didn't take his calls when he returned, and I ignored the messages he sent me, threatening to call the police. Was it like just not worth it to this guy to not call the police? I mean, obviously OP basically stole and sold all of his stuff. I mean, if this was so over and he was out all that money, what did he have to lose? Maybe he felt guilty. Maybe he felt like it was just desserts and he deserved it. I don't know. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another crazy revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.